This is part two of the zero to eight figure story from Alan Brower of Best Self Call. If you enjoyed part one, listen into part two. Epic, epic, epic. Do stay tuned. Welcome to 2X e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Finney, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they can do this, but will never deliver on their promises. You need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Clavio comes in. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. That is why 10,000 innovative brands have switched to Clavio. What's the secret to building customer relationships? Tune in to Clavio's Beyond Black Friday docuseries to find out and unlock marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going year round. Just head over to Clavio.com forward slash beyond BF for more. That's Clavio.com forward slash beyond BF.com. Okie dokie. Um, so that's amazing um, in terms of the, the traffic. So was it primarily Facebook advertising um, you, you channeled or um, did you, did you try any other you know, traffic sources? Um, what other traffic sources did we try? We tried Twitter. It didn't work. We tried, um, what else did we try? I think those were those were the biggest ones. I mean, okay. they were. We tried Twitter for a little bit, didn't see quite quite a big return. We've been trying to crack the nut on Pinterest, but that's not hasn't been ha- working well for us. Uh, we have done YouTube, so YouTube uh, search, paid search, mm-hmm. and Facebook and Instagram. Those okay. Are the big okay. And what about Google brand name search? Um, yeah, we, we see a big return from branded search, yeah. but, uh, that's people who see Facebook ads and then they exactly. they're looping back really. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. They're going to come to you anyway. So um, yep. that makes sense. And did you ever try affiliates in, in a, at any point in time or, um, is something you're looking to do further on uh, in the future? Yeah, great question. So, uh, so we looked back in January of 2019. We were looking at okay, what what's all the low hanging fruit that we haven't touched yet? And affiliates was a big one. Um, so we're actually diving hard this year 
uh, into affiliates um, and establishing relationships with with people who have got millions and millions of customers on their list um, to see if we can do some some JV work with them. Yeah, guys have done an amazing, amazing work um, job, you know, uh, so far. Okay, and then um, how do you manage spend? You know, um, you know, CAC especially customer acquisition cost. Um, you, you, you talked about you know um, acquiring them at break even and below break even. Um, what what um, stop gaps do you have in place to um, to put that in check? Uh, we have the simple answer is like we've got a full team that that handles our paid media buying, so okay. they're in there every day. We don't really set up a whole bunch of algorithms or you know when we run tests obviously we're we're when we're launching something new we'll let that cost per acquisition creep up up above break even as long as we can get the data that we're looking for to tweak it or change things to bring it back down um i think it's i i we don't really have like a hard set rule on like when it hits this number we stop it's more like, okay, we can go above this number because we're collecting some really good data here. Um, or, or this traffic source just seems to be like, I've got a good feeling about it. Like, we're not breaking even right now, but I feel like it, it's going to come back down after this, this new campaign gets seasoned a little, you know? Um, so so it's, more, it's more about, uh, granted, we've been doing this for three years now. Um, we're in our fourth year, are we? Yeah. Uh, three years, um, on our Shopify store and we sort of know what to look for now. It's almost like intuitive, um, where we don't need to put those hard filters on. I think if someone's trying to, uh, to stay within break even and like monitoring their campaigns like a hawk, um, what they're going to be lacking lacking is the data that they're getting from spending money on the traffic. So whenever you're launching something new, we always say, okay, we're going to launch this. And the only thing we don't even want to make money on this campaign or this new test, we're just trying to gather as much data as possible. So it's how many likes are we getting? How many comments? What's the comment to like ratio? Are people sharing this? Um, what what's the traffic looking like? Are people converting or are they bouncing? Um, or are we getting leads? Uh, you know, we we try to we try to make it more fluid than this hard hard rules like oh we're not we're not making money right now. Uh, kill it. Yeah, and um, there's also value in the micro conversions anyway. Um, so your um, your emails you're collecting. Um, and from the sounds of things, you have a pretty dialed um, down um, email flow um, to 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 close up, um, you know, people who've not yet purchased via email. Totally, totally. Okay, um, let's let's um, that, that's a lot um, to take in, to be honest, um, in terms <laughs> of that. Okay, and then your your AOV, you know, average order value and lifetime, you know, value. Um, you, you, you know, you mentioned, you know, around subscriptions, um, that just is, is wonderful really for lifetime value. Um, oh, totally. yeah, it's, it's autopilot. Um, but you know, what are the, you know, um, what are the, what are the tactics do you utilize to, to improve average order value and, um, an LTV and, um, lifetime value? 
I think the big one for us is um, is a post-purchase uh, upsell sequence. So after someone goes through the cart and the checkout process, mm-hmm. we put more offers in front of them. Um, uh, so we use tools like uh, right now we're using cart hook. Uh, we're, we're in the process of custom developing our own. So it does get expensive, doesn't it? Cut hook. Um, I think it's like 300 bucks a month. Oh, okay. Um, per sale. Um, uh, but then they do take a percentage of, of your sale, but so does Shopify. So it's like, yeah. what payment provider are you, are you going to use? It doesn't matter. Right. Okay. Uh, there, there's going to be a percentage of sale, regardless of, of what tool you're using. Um, I think one click upsells does this. The problem that we're facing right now is the the uh, they just look like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just they're not very native to 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 um yeah. Yeah, they're just ugly, and, and we're big believers in like beautiful things sell. Um, I mean, it, it's true. Um, so we're actually custom developing our own our own in-house uh, like hack together thing but going back to your question um what how do we increase order values the biggest one is post-purchase checkout so someone checks out they get an offer and all they have to do is click one button and now that order is added or that that product or products uh, are added to their original order without having to go through the whole checkout process again uh, one thing that we found was when we when we submitted or when we had only that, that one, is after checkout, you know. So correct. I've checked out. Um, I bought my my, my journal, um, mm-hmm. and then all I need to do is click a button, and and then my my credit card gets processed again. I don't need to enter my details again. Is, is that is that what you're you're implying? Yep. Yep, one hundred percent. So I filled out my shipping info. I shipped out, filled out my billing info, and I clicked purchase. But before I get to the order confirmation page, there's another offer, and it says, "Hey, this is exclusive offer is only for right now. Uh, you're going to get the biggest discount possible. Uh, we're not going to offer this anywhere else. Um, and because you accept this offer, you're going to get all this value, and it's a no-brainer." So click one button and we'll add the, these products to your order. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then underneath that button is like, no, thanks. Take me. Uh, I'm fine with my original products. Um, so they have two options. One, they click a button and they get a deep discount on a suite of products or just one product where they click another button that says no, thanks. And then they just get to the order confirmation page. Okay. So when, I get charged the once. Correct. Okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. So okay. then, when when we had one offer, we had we saw a six percent take rate um, in that upsell. Okay. And we're like, okay, how do we get more? Is it the offer page that's the problem? Is it the the offer itself? Um, is it the layout? Is it the copy? What what what's the deal? We ended up at adding two more offers beyond that. So now we have a total of three upsells. Now the take rate on on the upsells is 13 <laughs> percent so clever you 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 give them more options it's a, it's probability isn't it yes <laughs> yeah, yep. simple as you said <laughs> well, it's yeah. a no-brainer all right makes sense yeah 
Okie dokie. Um, so, so yeah. And then um, for, for LTV, it's um, what about your email sequence? Um, does email play a, a part in um, both AOV and LTV? Huge. It's, it's huge, man. Um, so, uh, so we're able to s- tell when somebody's about to drop off and never purchase from us, us again. And what we do is we put it an offer or some value sequence about a week or two weeks leading up to that point. And we're able to, uh, to recapture that customer and, um, and extend the lifetime value or that churn rate um, or that drop-off rate. So we, when we first found this out, our drop-off rate was, uh, I think, at like 78 days. Um, and if someone hasn't purchased at 78 days... Or no, it was 72 days. 72 days. Um, if someone hasn't purchased, they would have gone cold. And like, then we would have never got them back. So we're Re-purchased like... Repurchased or first-time purchaser? Uh, this would have been just in general. Okay. Okay. If someone hasn't purchased from their last purchase, 72 days, we will lose them forever. Mm-hmm. So we said, oh, that's interesting. Well, let's put an email sequence, a win-back series is what we call it, um, at like 60 days. And we slowly drip out some more value and content to them over that 60 to 72-day period. And because we're now re-engaging with them during that, that time frame, we've now bumped that out to 88 days. It takes some time to gather this data mm-hmm. because you need the cohort analysis and like to figure out what customers slowly, slowly can, can how you can extend that. So yeah. it took probably about nine months for us to, to bump that out. But that means that our customers are now sticking around longer. Okay. That's phenomenal. That, slowly, you know, um, yeah, within it, it, it means that within every quarter, um, you know, an average customer buys something from yourself, buys a product from yourself, from yeah. from store. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. Is there any other thing you want to talk around? You know, hacks and um, not hacks, but um, growth. Really. Um, any any other. Um, important pillar, um, you know, to, to want to growth of um, bestself.co? Yeah, um, I think the big one would be like, so there's four main pillars of the business. We talked about one of them, which was, uh, which was leveraging your, your dollars to acquire new customers and how, to, how you can focus on that. That's pretty much what we've talked about. There's three other pillars that will help build a sustainable business one is implementing systems and SOPs into the business so it can run on autopilot. Um, we live in a world where there's a bunch of tools that can do that for us, which is beautiful. Um, but also, uh, like how you do things in your business can be systematized. Um, so that's one. Uh, another one is finding and retaining top talent, finding amazing people who are really good in specific areas and preferably areas that you're not good in. So you can focus on your core space because what happens when, uh, when we're business owners, we like get really excited about the product or we get really excited about media buying or, or maybe we're, we get really excited about just like building a business in general. And what happens when you build that business is you start doing all the things that you don't enjoy doing because you're the business owner. You have to do this in order for it to succeed. And that sucks. Uh, so now like you built this prison for yourself. 
And the quickest way to get yourself out of that prison is to find people who enjoy the things that you don't like and have them do that. And then you then only focus on the things that you do enjoy. And that's how the business moves further, faster. Um, and then the last pillar is, is elevating the customer experience, building out that brand, building out that those touch points. We talked about the community. How do you build a community of people, of raving fans who just love coming back to you and talking about your products and, and building out that experience around the products? People don't really care about the product itself. They care about the solution it provides and how the brand makes them feel when they purchase it. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, you know, I'm, I don't have anything to say. I'm just listening and typing out. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the the systems and SOPs. Um, you, you mentioned tools, um, but before the tools, you know, um, what is the thinking of um, systematized, um, you know, a systematized company? How do you? So, what are the first things you want to systematize? Um, what were your challenges um, at the start and um, middle and now? Um, when we systematize the business, what you have to think about is like, what am I doing on a daily basis, a weekly basis and a monthly basis that is the same every time I do it? Um, maybe it's pulling data, sales data every morning. Maybe it's, um, uh, going into Facebook and pulling reports on, on, uh, specific campaigns. Uh, maybe it's replying to customers. Um, maybe it's dealing with returns. Maybe it's doing your books on a monthly basis. So like there's all these things that you do repetitively. And when you're a business owner, you're spread so thin that it really helps to have a bullet-pointed punch list of everything that you do on a consistent basis that just removes the decision fatigue because when you go and like you're dealing with your books on a monthly basis, because you only deal with it on a monthly cadence, you sort of like forget. You're like, oh, wait, where is that program or where is that file? Uh, where's that spreadsheet again? How do I categorize this one? And just like all those micro decisions that you make when you're trying to do the same thing over and over again just eat away at your time and what you can accomplish on a daily basis. So it's great to just have an SOP that says, Hey, when you do your books on a monthly basis, open up this document. And this document now has click here, go here, do this, do this, do this. And then when you get to the end of that document, you're done. And you didn't have to guess or wonder or anything like that. And uh, you could, this could be customer service. Hey, this person has this inquiry. Well, you know, a lot of people have this inquiry. And rather than me type this out the whole time, what are some quick things that I can do to, uh, to quickly reply to this customer over and over and over again, regardless of who's asking the question? So having those systems in place. And the, the key here, building systems sucks. And the only pers- people who like building systems are operations peoples. And they're far and few between. So just know that when you're building out these systems and SOPs for your business, the beauty is you're just going to do it once. And that's what you have to keep reminding yourself. I'm just going to be doing this once. I'm just going to be doing this once. And then you have an asset. You have a book 
or in this case, a folder with all of like a folder that says SOPs. And then inside that folder is like marketing and product and customer service and operations and logistics. You know, you, you categorize it and that can be handed off to somebody else. And now guess what? Because you've already done it and you've done it once and you displayed the way that you want to do it and the standards at which you do things. Now you can hand it off to somebody new who knows nothing about you and your business, a new hire or the new business owner when you go to sell it. And they can do it exactly the same way that you've done it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you're, you're filling out roles and um, systems, really. Amazing. Okay. Um, so customer experience, um, what are the low-hanging fruits, you know, um, towards, um, you know, improving customer experience? Um, where would you, you know, where did you see the biggest impact? Um, what actions did you take um, to, to um, in terms of um, satisfaction, action from yourselves and then satisfaction from, um, from your customers? Yeah, uh, the biggest and lowest hanging fruit is post-purchase. So if you do everything correctly and like con- convey your message in the ad and then convert that customer, that's where you'll see it, it, like that's you're not done. You're just starting. You're just building that relationship with that customer. And in order to keep that customer for life, you need a, a better post-purchase sort of environment to bring them into. The biggest buyer's remorse happens when someone clicks checkout or places the order to the time the product arrives. I'll say that again. The biggest buyer's remorse, regret somebody has from buying a product is the time between they click purchase and the money leaves their pocket or their bank account and the time that the product actually arrives. This is why Amazon, when you sign up for for Prime, you have two-day shipping. This is why in some metropolitan areas like New York and I think Chicago and LA and Atlanta, maybe you have same day delivery. Uh, This is to reduce buyer's remorse and to keep that customer sticky. So what can we do as e-commerce business owners to reduce buyer's remorse from the time that someone clicks purchase to the time that the product arrives? You email them, you send them a text message, you send them a Facebook message. Say, hey, you are in such good hands now. Um, you're, you're, you, you've made a really great decision. Because, and you're so smart for making this decision. Here's all the other smart people, just like you, who've made the same decision. And here's some testimonials to make sure that you're rest assured that, that the decision that you just made was a good one. And, uh, and we're going to keep you up to date on where your product is. Is it just being packaged? Is it in route? Is it in delivery? Uh, is it out for delivery right now? And we're going to make sure that you stay abreast of that. The tool that we use is a tool called Aftership. Uh, it's really great for communicating with your customers where the product is in, in the delivery process. Yeah. During Even before the product arrives, you provide more value. Hey, here's what to expect when your product arrives. And here's how to get the most out of the product the second it does arrive. So maybe you showcase a video of like, here's how you use it. Here's, here's all the features. Uh, here's the benefits when you use it this way. Here's the benefits when you use it this way. Um, and it just provide more value. 
dump them into the Facebook group. Give them a community of people that that uh, that are just like them that they can start a dialogue with when the product arrives, and they can go for support and feedback rather than saying, "Oh, you know what? This isn't for me. I'm going to return this." No, they they they're indoctrinated now into the community, into uh, into a place where they feel comfortable of asking questions. Hey, I got this product. Now, what do I do with it? Yeah. So, so which of these? Well, so return rates, you know, um, obviously is a reflection of buyer remorse or buyer's remorse. Um, what, what's been like the biggest action, you know, um, you, you've taken to, to reduce return rates? Um, providing a free PDF download. We have the lowest return rates in the industry. <laughs> what, are we, what are we looking at with yourselves? Uh, like under 1%. Cheese. <laughs> so they're, they're highly pre-qualified, I'll say, before yep. they, they pull out their wallets. <laughs> highly pre, yes. Yeah. So, and I think we do that because we can, we allow them access to the product before yeah. they even purchase it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's even a step beyond um, a video, you know, it's, sorry, it's a step beyond, you know, you know, um, you know, video, just showing a video. Yeah. It's amazing, amazing stuff here. Um, and so this is the third thing I'm, you know, I'm, um, third big, big, big message from, from this conversation, which is, you know, um, the biggest buyers remorse is the time between the click purchase, between when they click purchase and the time the product, you know, arrives. And it's our duty really to reduce buyer remorse. So that's another <clears throat> golden point. <laughs> Alan, yeah. um yeah golden nugget i'll say um yeah amazing amazing stuff um yeah 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 so um the three pillars you 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 mentioned have been you know key to the success of the business um the first one was was around marketing um you know reducing was, was it reducing cp um you know aov and ltv incre- increasing the aov and ltv correct um, and then, uh, and um, then take, and then taking those profits and putting it back I'm to acquire back. the next customer. Yeah. Yeah. And putting it back and then removing decision. Um, then the second one was, um, implementing systems and SOPs on the third was, um, reducing biomass. Yeah. Okay. Let's quickly talk about, um, shipping times, um, because this really connects to reducing that, you know, the biomass, that window of, um, you know, delivery. Um, what's been your strategy, um, you know, over the years of, um, you know, fulfillment centers, um, and, and delivery times, you know, and international expansion really to, to really, really, you know, um, blow up the business and, um, you know, um, scale, scale the business really. Yeah. Um, so we we've been burned several times by shitty fulfillment centers, uh, from, from fulfillment centers that have held our inventory hostage to uh, you know just losing product um, or just like not doing their job, not doing what they're saying they're going to do. Uh, it's fulfillment uh, e-commerce fulfillment has been the past couple of years. We think we fine tuned it now. We use it in the. I can't recommend a company high high enough. Uh, Shipmunk, uh, the CEO and the founder, his name's Jan, and uh, I actually just met with him last week while I was down here in Florida. Um, that's where. What's the name of the company? Sorry, I didn't get. Sorry, Shipmunk. Shipmunk. Okay. Yep. Um, 
just a, they they understand the e-commerce uh, business owner. Um, most fulfillment centers are dated, probably uh, working on a system from 1992. Uh, ship monks working on a system from mm, uh, 2019. You know, mm-hmm. so they they they're tech first. Um, we also use a, a fulfillment center in the UK. Uh, to store our products there. So when people purchase off of our website, uh, it's automatically synced to our UK fulfillment store, fulfillment center. And anybody in Europe will be sent products from that distribution center. Mm -hmm. Um, This reduces lead time and it also reduces uh, customs fees and shipping fees for our customers. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so now the purchase frequency is more, especially when we offer subscription, um, they can get it faster and get it cheaper. So now when we, when we produce from our manufacturer, we just split the, split the production into three different carriers and we bring, we bring one ship to, uh, to the UK, one ship to the U S and then one ship to Australia. Amazing. Is it the same ship monk or do you use different fulfillment um, companies across um, Australia and the UK? So ship monk is the, uh, is only U S based. Okay. So they cater, they cater to North America for us. Okay. Um, the UK, we use a company called James and James. Um, James and James. I know them. Yeah. I know James yeah. and James are quite good. Yep. Uh, James and James. And then in Australia, we use a company called, uh, I think it's NPS fulfillment. Okay. NPS fulfillment. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And, um, yeah. NPS is in, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, so let's, before I let you go, um, I think we should, we should briefly talk about, um, you know, the Shopify build a business, um, you know, and build a bit bigger business competition. What years did you win it? Uh, 16 and 17. Okay. Okay. Um, and what do you think, what was competition like in 2016? Um, I mean, it was, it was tough. We, we entered the competition, uh, the day after our Kickstarter campaign ended, uh, that's when they announced it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then we waited until January 1st to launch our business. And that essentially was three full months of us not getting any sales. Uh, we had a Shopify store, but like I said, we were custom designing some landing pages, custom designing our own theme, uh, because none of the themes off the shelf were, were worth it for us uh, or what we were looking to do. And, uh, and we also didn't have product yet because it was being manufactured. So when we launched, we kind of forgot about the Shopify build a business competition. Um, I mean, I sent a text message to myself. I set it up, uh, where every morning was like, Hey, uh, make sure that you win the Shopify build a business competition, focus on the thing that things that matter. So that was like the little reminder that I set for myself. Mm -hmm. And, and although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? And, uh, and that's what, what we focused on. We focused on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic, converting that traffic. 
And it was just that simple repetition day in and day out, day in and day out, that when we got the call from Harley, uh, the COO of, of Shopify, mm-hmm. uh, we're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about the, the, <laughs> this, uh, this Shopify camp, like competition. Oh my gosh, what do you mean we're like people's choice? <laughs> you know, it, it was crazy. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And and then um the the build a bigger business competition, um what were your expect were your expectations higher? Was was the competition stiffer as I can imagine? Would have been. Oh yeah, big yeah, big time. These are like seasoned people. Uh you have to be at least uh over a million dollars annually, uh which we're we're which we're above. Um, but they announced the competition while we were at Tony Robbins Business Mastery. Uh, so we were invited to Tony Robbins Business Mastery because of the build a business competition. Uh, we were mentored by Tony, and then he invited us down to uh, to West Palm Beach, actually where I am right now, um, to go to Business Mastery, his conference. And they announced it. Um, and when they announced it, we were actually the first people to apply for the build a bigger business competition. And, and then we set our focus on let's rock and roll. Let's scale this thing. And that's what we did. We ended up scaling our business, um, very, very rapidly. And again, we got the call from Harley saying, guys, uh, I don't know how you did it, but you just won the build a bigger business competition and you won, um, uh, best marketing. Uh, th- this time, so um, so that was phenomenal. Did you get to um, did did you did you so what was the the end? Did you get to to go to um um to, to Richard Branson's um you know island? Um... Actually, uh, Richard Branson wasn't one of the mentors that year. Um, Tony Robbins was the head mentor that year, mm-hmm. and we ended up going to his island in his resort in Fiji. Um, which was, which was amazing. So, uh, we had like suites, our own suites overlooking, uh, the Pacific ocean and right in Tony Robbins resort. And it was like a small group of us. So like when we went down to breakfast, uh, Tony and Tim Ferriss were like hanging out and we were just eating some bacon with them and, uh, you know, learn just like talking normal life stuff, you know, it wasn't anything, uh, wasn't a, anything crazy. It's funny to see, uh, that they're, they're pretty normal people, yeah. uh, when they're, when they're just, uh, hanging out, which is great. Amazing. 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 You suck up the energy too. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Um, and then your affiliate, um, you, you got Damon John as an affiliate. Um, that's like, how did you do it? Um, you know, um, that's as big as it gets. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting when we when we met um, when we met Damon John. Uh, I we were having a side conversation. I was having a side conversation with his his like right hand person, whose name is Ted. And mm-hmm. Ted and I uh, we we grew up like. 40 minutes away from one another in a, in New Jersey. So we were just like talking about like our hometown and like what our paths were to get to where we are. And we just connected and it was because we established a relationship with his, uh, with, with Damon's like key people um, that it allowed us to open up more dialogues with 
Damon John. Oh, and what, you know what else was funny? So while we were at the, at dinner, uh, Ted was like, Hey, um, Damon's about to play some monopoly who wants to go. And, and I was like in the middle of a really deep conversation with somebody and I'm like, uh, I'm going to pass. But Catherine, uh, my business partner, she's like, Oh, I'll play some monopoly. And she ended up playing monopoly, which lasted like six hours uh, until, uh, until two o'clock in the morning. Uh, with Damon John, he brought his own like $3,000 monopoly board with him. It was crazy. Uh, he gets like really into it. And, uh, and it was like two o'clock in the morning and, uh, and Damon and Catherine were the last ones at the table, uh, around monopoly. And she ended up, uh, letting him win at the end. <laughs> letting him win. <laughs> yeah. Cause she got, uh, she got so tired. She's like, all right, yeah. I've been sitting at this table for six hours. Like, <laughs> Amazing, amazing, and, and you know, there's so much, you know, a lot of bonding um, to be had, and you know, on a, on a games table and a monopoly, right? Okie dokie. Um, this, this is the best interview I've had this year, you know, um, in a long Thanks. time, you know. So um, I really appreciate, um, you know, your time, you know, Alan, and all your 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 your, um, your information. I would be going back to to listening to to this conversation again and again. For sure. Um, Thank you. But before you're welcome, you're very, very welcome. Before I let you go, um, I'd like to take you through our lightning round. Yeah, please. Ready when you are. Okay. Um, how do you hire people? Uh, we're always hiring, so we don't see it as, uh, "Hey, we need to fill this role. Um, let's put out a job posting." It's more like, uh, "Let's make connections with people." and see how they would fit into our business, whether it's today, uh, whether it's six months from now, whether it's two years from now. Let's keep in touch with them okay. uh, because we're going to be growing and we need to be hiring. Um, and we hate the hiring process. Okay. So going back to those systems and SOPs, we also have a system that we have on autopilot uh, where we're collecting people who are interested in roles like marketing or operations or product or development uh, just all the time. We're always, we always have a job posting up and we always are gathering leads from those job postings. So when we do have a a person that, that needs, uh, or a role that needs to be filled, we have a spreadsheet of, you know, dozens or hundreds of people that we can start interviewing with immediately. Yeah. Really, really important to, to tap into that, um, you know, base, Okay. What are your three dispensable tools for managing your business? What are the three dispensable tools in, for dispensable, managing? Yeah, tools for, for managing your business. You just uh, Slack, Zoom, and Shopify. Okay, awesome. What's been your mes- your best mistake to date? By that, I mean a setback that's giving you the biggest feedback. Mm, what's been the best mistake? The best mistake I made was early on. I tried to do everything myself and uh, realized that that wasn't sustainable. I wasn't building a business. I was building a full-time job for myself. Okay, awesome. What one piece of advice can you give e-tailers listening, keen on you know, just driving growth in, in their business right now? Mm-hmm. Get into eight figures. It is. <laughs> in 24 months or less like you guys did. Okay, so um, specifically on videos, just just one, no, not videos, just um, you know, a, a tip, um, a general tip on um, rapid growth to eight figures. Yeah. 
Um, I would say use, uh, use value videos on your, in your advertising, um, as your first touch point and then, uh, provide as much value as possible in those videos and then send people, given uh, people, uh, opportunity to, uh, to get more value from you. Fantastic. Okay. Um, if you could choose a single book or resource that's made the highest impact on how you view building a business, which would it be? build a business i read a lot of mindset books yeah uh one book that i really like is called the narrow road it's probably my favorite it's uh probably my favorite business book uh and it's written by felix dennis okay okay i'll check it out for sure all right thank you so much alan um for for turning up you know for for all the tips um for listeners that want to find out more that want to follow you know you you know um which i can imagine um you know most people who've, who've reached who've listened to this point will um what's the best way to um follow you and you know um best self call your company yeah uh if you want to see what we're doing on the front end uh just go to bestself.co um and you can check out our products there um, and like how, how we do things from the, the front point of view. If you want me to like, if you're looking for uh behind the scenes, sort of pulling back the curtain to show you all the inner workings, uh, that would be my personal site. And that's alanbrower.com. That's where I share pretty much what I was sharing today, some videos and like how to's and things that are working and what's not working for us at, at the moment. I'll link through to, to, to your site. Thanks again, Alan, and yeah, catch you, catch you later. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2X e-commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2X e-commerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.